today on The Breakdown. It's not that often you have a 25K final table. I mean, it costs 25K to play this tournament, and you're at the final table. And it is an absolutely loaded situation. I'm talking Federholtz is at this final table. Adrian Mateos is at this final table. Walter Malinsky, that's not how you pronounce his name, Limitless is at this final table. The guy widely considered to be one of the best cash game player in the world online. Bit too easy. Luke Reeves is at this final table. And other big-time players are duking it out. And Adrian Mateos, possibly the best known besides Federholtz anyway, of this group, plays a hand, blind versus blind, that is really unusually played. He really makes some surprising and different kinds of decisions to hide the strength of his hand. Will it work? Is it a good idea? Well, we're going to tell you because we're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. How do you not lead with Luke Reeves? How do you not lead with that? (laughs) Yeah. I probably should have mentioned Luke Reeves earlier. We, of course, uh, didn't know that much about Luke Reeves when we did our another podcast video, whatever it may have been, and someone savaged us from, online. I think it was from the same final table, in fact. Yeah. One guy said... Yeah. Guy actually said... Still don't know much. He said... Still don't know much about Luke Reeves. <laughs> I believe the quote was, love the work... But still, <laughs> and then savaged us for solid three. Well, he said he said we were hard to take seriously, yeah. and we don't know that bit too easy is Luke Reeves. Yeah, and this is the second time we're coming after him because it's still affecting me. It is pretty because it's, it's like so weird, such a strange thing. Like we can't be taken seriously because we don't know who a medium quality online player is. Like obviously high quality, but compared to players like Adrian Mateos, he doesn't have that great of results or anything. Yeah. It's not like that impressive. He's not like having a Bonomo year or something. So I don't know why we're supposed to know who this person is, you know, but it's like one of those, I think this is like, I, I used to experience this at poker a lot and I still probably experience it even now. I guess I haven't played much lately because of, you know, the pandemic, but, uh, where like every time, everything I know, even if it's kind of new, I just assume it's like, everyone should know that now, now that I know it. And as soon, so anytime anyone doesn't do or know something that I'm like, well, how can they not know that? You know, and it's like it's like the standard is so high for, you know, for everyone else to know the same, to have the same level of information that I have, you know. And so maybe something With like regards that. to what poker things like yeah. poker celebrity stuff. No, 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 no. Actually, like playing poker, like a decision that would be made in poker versus not, you know, we're like, I, I didn't know about blockers years ago. Once I learned about blockers, it's like. Oh, of course you call with the ace of clubs in your hand. You know, that's an obvious oh. call. You know, like, uh, how yeah. can this guy fold the ace of clubs? What a, what a terrible play. You know, as if, like, I didn't know it three weeks ago. I never, I wouldn't have, I would have done the same thing and wouldn't have known anything about it. You know, like, so it wouldn't surprise me if people are like that. But I will say this. Sometimes we get other kinds of messages, not just, you know, you're stupid. So, for example, we have a few that I'm going to read. From, oh, from the you're fans. going to pep us up a little yeah. bit? A little bit of a well, poker guy's rah-rah session? A little rah-rah session? I'm not sure if they're super peppy. You know, you're doing great. And they're not all attaboys, but you'll see what I mean. Uh, so Carl Zippel wrote to us recently, and he said, for example, this is maybe not so rah-rah, y'all keep saying it, and it's wrong. <laughs> Dwan would, That's a bad start. Yeah, Dwan wouldn't play Galfond because they were very close friends, and Tom didn't want Phil to have to choose between Evie and his friendship. Obviously, also thought he was very good, but that was secondary. So that, you know, I've been saying the whole time the reason why Dwan didn't want to play 
Phil Galfund in the Dirt Challenge way back when is because that was the one guy he was afraid of, basically. But maybe yeah. that's not true, according to Carl Zippel, anyway. Well, Carl Zippel is the fountain of knowledge, so we're going to go with that. See, that felt sarcastic. I don't know. It felt like you were taking a shot at Carl Zippel for no real reason. I was. Yeah, you what know the what? hell? Because he's a longtime listener who's given us a lot of suggestions yeah. of hands and has always been nice to us, and I'm taking him down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. Sometimes, you know. We strike out when we're when we're hurt, and that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, let's see what you let's see how you feel about this one. Okay, Justin Lovelace okay, on Twitter. Out. We're of course at Two Poker Guys. He said Justin Lovelace Justin, sounds like a the author of a romance novel series. Well, you know, um, Lovelace uh, was the name of one of the most famous early porn actresses. You know, the first super oh. famous porn actresses back in the day. Maybe I had that somewhere in the back of my head. Actually, a surprisingly good movie called Lovelace with um, Amanda Seyfried. If everyone wants to check it out, I encourage you guys to. It's pretty darn good. Anyway, Justin Lovelace says, listen to Jonathan say on the podcast that there are no good football movies at all. I just can't believe it. Remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, The Blind Side, Rudy, Brian's Song? You might not like all of those, but you have to like at least one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, Remember the Titans is a good movie. Oh, man, I love that movie. Friday Night Lights, you know, give me, I could leave that behind but the blind side is pretty darn good too and rudy's pretty darn good friday night lights though soundtrack by explosions in the sky one of the best soundtracks in movie history that's now you're talking about the movie not the tv show i think they also used explosions in the tv show i'm not entirely sure but i know they used it in the movie okay fair enough Um, i just read the book so the movie never did anything for me because i was like that didn't happen that didn't happen because it was real friday Night Lights was real you know originally it was true um, and they just made all this stuff up and made them do better than they would. And I was offended by all of it. But anyway, Brian's song. Quick question. You're a Chicago Bears fan. Have you seen Brian's yeah, song? I have. Did you cry? No, it was kind of boring. Oh, but it was made in like it was made in like the 70s. Movies were just boring then. Okay. What am I going to do? All right. I did not expect that. For everyone who doesn't know, Brian's song, I believe I haven't seen it, but it's about a player on the Chicago Bears who, true story, Piccolo. who gets cancer and dies, yeah. right? Basically, and it's about yeah, like he's, him. He's Gail Sayers. He's Gail Sayers' best friend. Uh, does Gail Sayers play himself? No, I don't think <laughs> that so. That would be a interesting casting choice. All right. Gail Sayers just died, by the way. Did he really? This recording. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He did, didn't he? Like it's in the last bad. 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has that movie. Way to bring, way to bring that up, yeah. Jonathan. So you, you feeling attaboyed yet? You feeling great about your life? Feeling like we're doing a great job now? Here's, our last, here's the last one I'm going to read. And this one's a little bit longer. So if you feel like it's going on for too long and not interesting, feel free to cut me off because who knows? Okay. This is from... He says, hey, guys, thanks for letting me know on your recent podcast that we may DM you suggestions and request anonymity... I have requested over 100 hands that you have analyzed through various bot names and fake Bitcoin laundering disposable Twitter accounts because I am a hero and heroes do not need or want fame. We do, however, want attention. <laughs> and I must say, I'm extremely hurt that you did not follow up on your podcast with my updated version of the best form of poker ever invented. Please do so or I will unfollow you with 3,000 of my bot accounts crippling your finances. Thank you. <laughs> then he says, <laughs> then there's a paragraph break. I'm just coming to fix your shit again. Honestly, you guys are a total mess. <laughs> Have you ever made it as a prof- had you ever made it as professional poker players without knowing every single word spoken in the movie Rounders is totally beyond me. I'm astounded. 
While the actual poker talk in the movie is not super accurate, it's not the worst. There are a few weird overbets, but the hands play out semi-realistically. The major problem with the actual hands is the way they are unrealistically romanticized. The first hand of the movie, Matt Damon gets cooled with sevens full of aces against aces full. And the entire movie is predicated on how badly he got outplayed to lose his, to lose his life role. So that's pretty bad. However... <laughs> You seem to misunderstand the implications of what happens to Matt Damon if he doesn't pay back Teddy KGB. They are not looking to kill him like you seem to believe. He probably would get roughed up, but they are wanting his debt to them to be a permanent thing, so they essentially own him. They would likely demand a cut of every session he ever played, maybe even forcing him to play ultra-high stakes against Chinese billionaires in Macau for little no profit for himself, like what definitely happened to Tom Dwan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could keep going, but that's most of it. Then he, then he recommends The Grand, which I don't think is a very good poker movie. Um, but he says, anyway, thanks for respecting your privacy. Sincerely, the man above the high table above Mount Rushmore. Fabulous, fabulous Twitter message. So you, this, there's all this stuff about respecting the privacy, and then you said his name? Are you sure you're supposed to do that? That isn't his name. I said his name at the beginning. Uh, I don't know what thanks for respecting your privacy means. It's... I can't remember. I, there's too many inside jokes going it's on. Because all the he said, "We're probably you probably have to beep that out now. Beep his name out. I'm going to have to do that because I edit the damn podcast. Because he said you can suggest an anonymously and not have their name read, and that's oh. what he referred to before the whole damn thing. Damn it! He said he said thanks for respecting your privacy, though, not my privacy. Don't you? Well, say he confusing? misspoke. Just, he, well, I okay, mean, you're going to have to bleep it out. I'm sorry, but it's a it was worth you know it, wasn't it? Worth it. It would have been, and it all would have been good points if he had gotten it right. He said sevens full of aces. Excuse me, it was nines, nines full yeah, of aces. It was ace nine. That's so true. everything is moot that was said by this person that I now have to go find and bleep out the name of. You are correct. I do not have the flush. Yeah, nines full of aces. You know, I watched um, a scene from the Cincinnati Kid yesterday on YouTube, and dude. They used to really play without chips because they didn't have poker chips yet. They weren't invented. They just played with cash. It was crazy. And that was before they did table stakes. So you could just bet any amount you wanted at any time. Yeah, you could bet your house. Literally bet your house. You could also bet someone out of the pot, you know, just because they couldn't afford to call. Like, there was some dumb rules, man. How, how could you ever lose if you were the richest player then? Right. It gets weird. I think what happens is other people can't, but you, people can give you a marker right there. So, like, you could say, uh, like, I'm richer than you, but if the, all the people in the room want to back me, I can, you know. If I'm like, guys, you should really, we should call here. I'll give you all 10%. Like, let, give me the money to call, you know, kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, really, really weird rules that they used to, used to do. Really strange. And they also, at least in the movie, they, it's so bad the way they, so they're using bills, like $100 bills and stuff. They splash the pot. So they just throw, they say 200 and throw the $200 just in the middle of the pot. Of other $100 bills. So you can't, who knows how many bills he threw, you know? And they, of course, they do the I see that and I raise you this and da, 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 all that dumb stuff too. Of course. There's one great point when a guy raises, a guy bets 300 and another guy says, I raise you, or makes it 500 and the other guy says, I raise you two. And the first guy says, 200? And then the guy says, 2,000. The guy's like, 2,000? And everyone's watching <laughs> like, he, 2,000, 2,000. Like, you can't raise 200, bro. It wouldn't be legal, bro. Although maybe back then it was because it was, it was the caveman times with poker. All right. I'm Good done. stuff. I'm Let's done. get to the hand. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This hand was suggested by somebody who did not request anonymity, unlike the other person. 
You have to do the damn beep. It's one Ani Hootenin. Ani Hootenin. Yeah, but I have to remember. Yeah. Is there any chance that you would remember if you were the podcast editor? Yeah. I'm going to... But, but it's a low one. Asked and answered. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, this was suggested by Ani Hootenin on Twitter. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, you can do it anonymously by direct messaging us. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter. But the way most people do it is not anonymously. They just tweet at us, include a YouTube link and a timestamp. Of course, it doesn't have to be on YouTube. It can be on Poker Go or some other service. But if that's the case, it won't be a video. It will be podcast only if we do choose to do it. Um, so, yeah, we are the Poker Guys at Two Poker Guys. That is where you suggest hands. And as Jonathan teased early on, this is an incredibly stacked final table with Adrian Mateos being involved in this hand. We've got uh, Limitless, who, as Jonathan mentioned, is considered the best online cash player in the world right now. We've got Fader Holtz. And we've got Luke fucking Reeves. Shut up. The, Bit too yeah, easy? Luke Reeves is... Bit too yeah, easy he's there. Yeah, for real. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's there for real. He's not going to be in the hand, unfortunately, because I'm sure his decisions would be masterful and beyond us. But Luke Reeves next is, time. Luke Reeves is trash. <laughs> Whoa. I challenge Luke Reeves to a heads-up match. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm sure he'd kill me. I don't know. And I don't think he's trash, to be clear. I'm sorry, Mr. Reeves. I'm sorry, Mr. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Only Phil Hogan. He's the greatest. Yeah. He's obviously the greatest. Okay, so... There are seven remaining players at this stage of this 25K. The current payout is 122K. First place is 600K. And uh, the stacks are pretty deep in general. 71 blinds. Luke Reeves has 71 blinds. Of course, he has the most chips. Well, obviously. Um, and uh, the, the fewest chips to start the hand is Fader Holtz, who's got 19 bigs. So nobody's in immediate danger. So uh, Phil Smees, who is Adrian Mateos's opponent in this hand, doesn't have to worry too much about punting the stack if, if, if the situation calls for it just because there aren't any super short stacks and he's one of the shorter stacks. Yeah, and, and Phyllis, and his real name is Polly, and his last name is a little challenging, but I think it's Iras. Are you, are you trying to tell me you haven't heard of Polly Iras? <laughs> Paul, it's kind of hard to take you seriously. <laughs> Polly Iras, I'm pretty sure, is, an, uh, is a cash game crusher. I'm pretty sure because he now plays a bunch of these 25Ks. Uh, he's won. He's done pretty well in them. He's only has eight hundred fifty-three thousand live, but he also finished second in another W Coop event in this W Coop series. So I have a feeling he's another scary dude when all of a sudden it's done. But no, I will. I will admit, if Polly Arias walked up to me and shook my hand and said, "My name is Polly," you know, Iras, I'd be like, "Yeah." And you got a sandwich for me or something? What the hell are you doing? I'm like, get out of my fucking face! You know, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't approach Jonathan in the street. Yeah, I hate he that. Is not, he is not nice. No. Unless you have a sandwich, then I'm like, cool. If you give me a sandwich. Yeah. I'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> All right, let's get to the hand. Yeah. So it folds around to Mateos in the small blind, who has 4.37 million at the 100K big blind level. That's some easy math. He's got about 44 big blinds. He has queen of hearts, six of clubs. How do you want to approach this? His opponent in the big blind has 26 bigs. I really like raising here, uh, personally. Uh, we're just gonna, you know, win a lot, and especially where you know, having twenty six bigs, he's not gonna be able to call a lot of hands that if we were deeper, he'd be able to call and see flops with. So I think raising this is sort of a trashy hand. Is we have very easy decision if we get re raised, you know, we're just folding. I just want to raise. I don't want to limp. I want to raise. 
personally. Okay. I agree with that. He makes it 330K. He yep. agrees with it, too. I like that A little that over 3X. Blind versus blind. Makes sense. This late. Now, if you're, if you're the very famous Phil Smees in the big blind with king-queen, which is what he has, king of clubs, queen of spades, and 26 bigs against Mateos, my default would be to shove, especially considering there's nobody in immediate danger and Mateos is terrifying to play against post-flop, and we have a pretty good hand, and we can actually get called by hands that we're doing okay against sometimes. Like, my default would be to that, but obviously the other option is to call. Yeah. What do you What do you think? I think it's pretty close. I think it's fine to shove, but we're really shoving to take it down right now. We're not. We can't really shove reasonably for value, right? Like we're we're never really ahead if we get called, right? Like are I we mean, ever- we can get called by a lot of of like sixty forties or like fifty eight forty twos type hands. But we're we're at the know? bad end of that, right? Yeah. 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 Right, but that's not but great. you add in the you add in the fold equity, it oh, probably sure. ends up being a profitable play. I'm not. Oh, I'm sure it's profitable. I'm wondering if it's more profitable to call in position with a hand that's pretty darn good, and as opposed to like shoving where we're only getting called by hands that we're losing to, even though it's still a profitable shove, you know. Um, and also, we get to mitigate some of the ICM stuff by calling rather than shoving right now, and and we get to be in position with a pretty darn good hand that that plays well post flop. So I think I like I mean, call, but I cannot fault the shove. Yeah, I mean, a, a big factor that leads me to default towards shove is that it's Adrian frickin' Mateos. Yeah, that's like, fair. I don't want to play against him if I can avoid it. Like, I have to flop top pair to feel like I can do it right yeah. against Mateos, basically. That's true. That is, that's a really fair point. It's hard to flop top. Just a pair in general and top pair is even harder, even with this hand. Yeah. Um, I think if we had ace-jack, we would shove without really thinking about it. Shove pretty comfortably, right? Uh, yeah, we probably shove any ace really comfortably probably. against Mateos, where we're, we have better blockers and we get called with the you know, when we get called, we have more chops or even domi- we're dominating him sometimes. So, I don't know. I might argue that King Queen is a better shove than Ace Deuce because of the times that we do get called. Like, we're, we're we definitely have more equity with King Queen against the calling range than we do with Ace Deuce. I don't know if that's true or not. I understand because you're thinking pocket pairs, right? Uh, like have a uh, pocket pairs and bigger aces. Yeah. Like if, if Mateo says ace 10, we'd much rather have King queen. Yeah. I guess if he's only calling with aces, any ace in his hand, basically are good aces and pocket pairs. You've got to be right. King queen has got to yeah. play better. You're right. than ace deuce. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Ace deuce does have the blocker. As an advantage, it's a I sig- don't know if that outweighs it. It's a significant blocker advantage, even though King Queen has, you know, in theory, two different blockers. Having the ace is a much, much better blocker to have. Um, that yeah. said, it's close. I think it's fine to shove both those hands. Really, um, I think it's yeah. fine to call with both those hands in position. But you make a fair point that why why play against Adrian Mateus if you don't have to? Why make when it's like a, it's not like a punt at all to shove this hand. Right. It's not a, not even close to a punt. It's like probably plus EV against the field. Yep. And it's not like you're shoving 35 blinds, which feels like it's too much. Like 23 is like, eh, it's fine. You could probably shift up to like 28, 29 blinds here, and it's really okay. Uh, In a blind versus blind scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even against, or button versus big blind type scenario too. That's probably it. Right. But yeah. Anyway, Phil Smize, I say it like that because there's two I's in the Phil part. F-I-I-L-S-M-I-E-S. Um. Phil Smyth decides flatting is the way to go. He wants to take on this Mateos kid post-flop. He wants to show him his medal. Phil's me is. M-E-T-T-L-E. Yeah, it's probably Phil. Anyway, 
Okay, cool. I, I mean, it's better for the breakdown for him, not just to shove, because there's less to do from our point. Pretty sure we wouldn't be doing a breakdown if he shoved. Well, we don't know that. Do we? Anyway, Phil Smyze calls. And something we do know is that Nitrogen Sports leads the industry in withdrawal times, Jonathan. Yes. At least we... There's a weird way to phrase it because we don't know that for sure. Well, but you just pretty, said it. We're pretty sure. I mean, we're pretty sure. You got to sell it harder than that. You got to, even if you, th- well, if you're just pretty sure, you got to act let's like sell you know. it with. Let's sell it with the facts that we do know because it certainly leads the industry as far as we know because you get your money out in 90 minutes. And we're talking about leading the industry in the other big players that at least you can plan on the United States. It's like, it's probably 10 to 20 times faster than them on average. Uh, I would say yeah, maybe more. something like that. Sometimes more. Like just thinking about some of the the biggest sites that are operating, at least in the U.S. Yeah, it's anywhere from like one to five days usually get paid out. I would say on average, and some which so maybe, so maybe three no, days is about right. Which there's no reason for with Bitcoin. We know right. you can get it in ninety minutes. Nitrogen knows that too. They're not going to fuck with your money. They're going to give you your money within yeah. ninety minutes. Feels good. So if you bink, if you bink the Poker Guys tournament that happens every month, that you only get access to if you use the link in the description for something around six hundred dollars for first, probably on a, about a dollar buy-in, something like that, and and an overlay that's massive, at least a seven hundred player overlay because of the guarantee. If you bink that thing, you can get your money in ninety minutes. Yep. That's a lot better than waiting days. It you know? really is. It's really a lot better. Because I got, I got to spend that. I got things to buy, you know? Let's go. I mean, there's also Bitcoin volatility. Like, you, you'd rather have the Bitcoin to do what you want with it right away and not deal with the volatility of three days, you know? I mean, yeah. Now, it's a little different because, like, you know, you get the same amount of Bitcoin either way. But if you need to buy something right now in dollars, you know, or yeah. in some other, some other currency, True. that's where the volatility As opposed to, though, some of these other sites where actually the volatility matters more, where you're actually taking out, like... $1,500, let's say, and then they're going to turn it into Bitcoin. So like the moment when they actually decide to process your transaction is the price you get versus nitrogen, you just get the amount of Bitcoin that you have because you're, cause they're playing in Bitcoin already. Right. Yeah. It's a Bitcoin-only site. Of course, it's not only poker. There's also sports games, sports betting and <laughs> casino games and sports yeah, games. There's sports games. Sure. Like sports, ice hockey. Sports fun. Sports we fun in sports. Yeah. Nitrogen. Everyone. Sports we fun. Everyone. Yes. Good job. Love and hope and nitrogen. Uh-oh. Going to break into song. Do ah! it. Ah, I, su- I suppressed it. Oh. I suppressed it. I was it's excited. Safe. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. All right. But is Phil Smythe going to be okay playing against one of the greatest players in the world post-flop? We're really is going gonna with be this okay? name. We're really going to go with Phil Smythe just the whole time? Phil Smythe? Can I just call him Phil? Phil's Miez. Phil's Mies. Phil's Mies. I don't know. You could call him. You call him a Polly. How about we call him Polly? That's his actual first name. We're calling Mateos Mateos. Let's call him Polly. How do you call? How do you spell Polly? P A U L I. Okay. Polly. Polly Phil Smize. Yeah. That's, sure. That's not his last name, but sure. <laughs> yeah, it is now. I've okay. Officially deemed it so. All right. So we're heading to the flop. Okay. With Polly as the effective stack with twenty three blinds remaining. Mateos has him covered. He started the hand with 43 blinds. Queen six for Mateos, king queen, offsuit both for, uh, for Polly. And the flop is the seven of hearts, the six of spades, and the deuce of hearts. So Mateos outflops him in a big way, flopping middle yeah. pair, reverse domination, and the backdoor queen high flush draw. 
Here's a very interesting decision from Mateos that I don't understand. Maybe you can help me out here, Lovey. He checks. So the reasons that I don't understand, I'm going to lay out, and then you can tell me why I'm wrong and why he's doing a great job. Sure. Um, seven, six, deuce, two hearts. You've got the queen six. You're Mateos. You're out of position. This feels like an important equity denial point in the hand. There's so many bad cards, and we can get value from plenty of hands as well. I don't see why we have to check here or why we want to. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, my quick guesses are that the reasons to do it would have to be circumstantial. So if you believe that the stack size, that, that Polly, because Polly starts the hand with, what, 23 blinds? 26 blinds, excuse me. Uh, yeah. But now he's got 23 blinds that he's going to be less apt to call a lot, and he's going to be more apt maybe to try and steal if we check. But if we bet, we think he's going to fold just a lot because he doesn't want to get into the danger zone, as they like to say. So, Are we going to check shove then? Is I that the plan? I think that's a good idea. I think we're check calling. We must believe that, that Polly is pretty bluffy, right, to check here. I guess. It's just, we just have to think that. Otherwise, how could we not bet? Because I agree with you. Well, I mean, all your reasons. If we're check sense. calling, we're we're guarant- If we're check calling, we're guaranteeing a turn card yeah. either way, right? right? Either he checks back and we get a turn card, or we call and, and we get a turn card. Yeah. And this hand is extremely vulnerable on this board. Yeah, you're not worried I, about I it. I feel like that's the idea. The idea. Not- the idea is you think you're going to make more because this guy's bluffy and aggressive enough that you're going to do better by checking and letting him blast off on three streets, and maybe you're going to have a tough decision by the river. It's possible, but. You think you often have the best hand, and you know you're you're probably going with it at this point. The pot stack to pot says like you're getting it all in if the guy wants to get it all in probably on this board. Like it's it's a wet enough board. You're not folding anyway. So maybe Mateos just decides the guy's short enough that like I can check call my way home a lot of the time here, and uh, and he's going to have enough bluffs that it's more pro- that's how I get all his chips is like to check call and not, and doesn't worry about denying equity. That would have to be the reason. As we see, it's, it would end, it seems, it's sort of a brilliant thing knowing the actual hands, but usually it's not the case that the guy has three outs. It seems like it would have to be the reason, and it also seems like Adrian Mateos is dumb because the guy checks back. Oh. So. The guy has kind of too good a hand to bluff with, and he's got like enough outs in his mind on the turn. It may, he may have the best hand anyway. He can hit a king or a queen for a mo- what, he, what looks like a monster, although obviously queen not so, much, not so good. Um, king very good. So, yeah, I actually, I like the check a lot by Polly here. I think it's a good idea to check on this board where we have the best hand sometimes and we can strongly improve. What do you think? I'm concerned that Mateus's checking range is too strong for us to actually have the best hand. Do, we like, think, do you think he just has give-ups? Do we think he's folding if we, if we bet? Not with this hand, but I'm, I'm asking, like, does, does Mateus just have give-ups? Right. Well, you're saying your concern is, is checking range is too strong, right? So if it's too strong, we probably shouldn't bet, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point as well. But I don't think... So the point being, I don't think we really have showdown value. We just oh. don't think we have fold equity. I think we might have some showdown value. I think it's possible we have the best hand. We could be up against another king high, like king 10, king jack, maybe even king 9, king 8. These things could decide to check, thinking like they have the best hand sometimes and this yeah. isn't their board. And trying to get to showdown cheap at this point and all that stuff. Um, I agree. We usually don't have the best hand here. I agree. Maybe even Queen Jack we could be up against. Um, but if we don't think Adrian's is going to fold, I don't see any reason to bet. When we have cards that can come that would improve us. That's fair. 
I, that I'm afraid there, I suppose. I'm afraid Mateos's checking range is just too strong. Like, if we were much deeper, if this was early in the tournament, maybe he has a lot of give ups, but I don't know if he has a lot of give ups right now at this spot in the tournament. So, what happens if a deuce comes on the turn, pairs the board, and yeah. Mateos bets half the pot? Are we calling or are we folding? Uh, I don't know. Uh, half the pot. We're probably calling. Probably. Why? No, if we think he has a strong checking range, I guess we shouldn't call, right? Yeah. This, this, okay, so we just we just say sayonara to the hand. That sort of sucks. That means we have to hit a king or a queen or have him check again. Doesn't sound great. It makes me want to bet have now. Preflop. Yep. Could have preflop and yep. not have to deal with any would of this. Would have been way easier. Also, now we wouldn't be reverse dominated because Mateus would have folded. Yep. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that your point about how the turn would play out it makes me want to bet a little bit more now just because it, it gives us very few options to actually win this hand, it feels like. Yeah. Know? But if we think... Like it might is, have to be... Yeah. It might have to be multi-street. Yeah. We might not have enough fold equity to justify a single bet. Yep. But the problem is we're short enough that maybe we can't... We may just not be able to pull this off, you know? It's okay just to just not put any chips in this pot, too, you know? And, like, yeah. like just not win. And move on to the next one. We had a good hand. We didn't hit. It's okay, you know. That said, this is our board more than his board, right? A little bit. A little bit. A little blind bit. versus blind, it's probably pretty close. Yeah. But, like, yeah. It's still... Like, he can have 8-9. He can probably have 7-6. He can have all that stuff, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. Not even suited, just yeah. in general. Yeah. You'd think so. Yeah. Uh, I think if we had... Like, we didn't even have back doors on this board. We have nothing going on so that's another reason not to bluff like i'd want to bluff with some kind of where like a turn card could like increase our equity in serious in a serious way besides just hitting top yeah. pair so maybe this just is the wrong time to do it you know maybe if because we have the king and clubs queen of spades maybe if we had two spades on the on the board instead of two hearts we could decide to bet because like a, a third spade means we get to continue our bluff on the turn something like that yeah it seems like a yeah, either way, way to go about it see th- this is like just a it, it seems so simple, but it feels like a, like both decisions are bad in some way, and it could have been avoided by shoving against this great player preflop with a very reasonable shoving hand. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's weird too because we're saying like we'd have to, we probably have to fold the turn, but like if Mateos bets this flop, we probably have to call this flop, right? Yeah. Even though the, if the deuce paired on the turn and Mateos bets because because we think his checking range means he checks, that means he probably actually has something versus he bets Usually. this flop. It's like. Fuck you, man. Like, I can have the best hand, and I also, this is my board, and like, I'm in position, and of course, I'm not going to fold. You know, it's interesting. I've been, I've been wrong before, but it would surprise me if Mateos, as a very good thinking player against a short stack, would have too many give up checks on the flop. Like, I don't feel like he's going to show up with Jack Nine, like, no equity type hands like that, just because, like, you can put pressure on a, a shorter stack so much more easily with a bet. Like, why wouldn't you just bet that hand? Yeah, I agree. Even though, even though this is sort of the short stacks board and all that stuff, like, so what? Like, you, yeah. can bet, you can bet twice and fold out almost everything, right? Like, it'll be fine. Like, it's also so good because, like, if, a, if, if you bet as Mateos with, let's say, Jack-9, and any heart comes or any straightening card comes, like, you can bet with almost impunity because your opponent almost never has a big draw, right? Like, so yeah. it's seven, six, deuce. If a 10 of hearts comes, that's like a death card for your opponent. Like the straight comes in, the flush comes in. Your opponent almost never has either one of those things. Polly can't really have those. He's almost always raising those on the flop, right? Almost yeah, always. You think so. So like, 
such an advantage to bet this as a bluff where you can just keep betting if any of the draws come in. Do you think this is this discussion is a bit of an indictment of Mateos's check? Like that he's face up showdown value? I don't know. I mean, we know he is. It's possible he's also checking Jack Nine and giving up sometimes. You know? Yeah, I suppose that's possible. We we don't really know how strong his range is. We just know about this one hand. Uh the fact that he checks makes me assume that uh Pauly is pretty aggressive. Pauly also having sort of like a bunch of pelts on his uh on his wall? Do you put pelts on a wall? Sure. Uh you know, like having won some 25 having won a 25k an earlier finish in a, in a, one of these scoop events for in second place um at this final table that usually these guys are going to be pretty aggressive, you know, given any kind of a chance to be aggressive. They like, can't help themselves, you know. It's not 2010 anymore. There's more measured. It's play more measured, but still mostly like usually the most successful guys are still pretty aggressive. When when checked to at least, you know what I mean? I'm not saying like he has to like triple barrel bluff, you know, raise the river or whatever, but like just like they check it's your board, you're gonna bet a lot in position, right? Like hmm. that makes sense. I'm surprised that we ended up talking more about Paulie's check than Mateos's check on this flop. That's not what I was expecting, but yeah. it's what we got. I was, yeah. It's surprising stuff. But then there's well, the turn, Grant. Then there's the turn, and it's not such a good thing for Polly this turn card. It's the Queen of Diamonds. Yeah. So it feels like Eureka with the King Queen on the seven six deuce two heart board, Queen of Diamonds on the turn. But it is in fact not Eureka. It's the opposite of Eureka, <laughs> which is what is that? It's a a Kuru? A Kuru? Um well I don't know if that's the opposite of Eureka. That's just, that's just Eureka backwards. That's not opposite. It's the best opposite I could come up with because I don't really understand it be the like, cultural no! opposite. Oh, that would be like the opposite. Like you, is Eureka something you shout when something great has happened? Oh, no, I know what it is. It's there's like for something good, it's Eureka. And for something bad, it's disappointed. Oh, that's good. I think the Darth yeah. Vader no is pretty good also. No. I mean, that's pretty good. You know what I'm talking about, right? From from the yeah. third prequel return. The worst no, the worst no ever. Yeah, yeah Revenge I of know. the Sith. There's so many like 30 second YouTube videos that are really funny with that, you know. So, so, so <laughs> many. But anyway. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's better than disappointed, though. No, disappointed like, is pretty great. I agree. Anyway, it is the Queen of Diamonds giving top pair to Polly. And of course, Mateos now has Queens over sixes, as they say. They don't say that. Queens up. That's not queens over sixes. <laughs> it's just queens up. Is that a full? Is that full yeah, house? that you say over? A, yeah, that's a full. Well, guess who has Sorry, a poker in a while? I wasn't born in the 1930s. Sorry, I don't know how this like old school poker. You play live Nobody... poker more than like anybody, or at least you used to. You don't know how to talk about a full house when someone says, "What do you have?" You're like, nobody says queens. Nobody says over anymore. Yeah, they really don't. They you, say full. You up. just say full. Yeah. Yeah. Queen's full. That's what everyone says now. They're cool. Yeah. They're so cool. Queen's full. Oh, yeah. I'm the coolest guy in the world. Well, guess what? Yeah, we used to Hemingway. say Queen's over sixes, and we loved it. Okay? We loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so good. <laughs> felt so good to say. Yeah. Anyway, Mateo says Queen six. <laughs> Here's a surprising thing. He checks again. Wow. Jonathan, tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heartache. I am really surprised. This seems like... Okay, our opponent checked back. Our opponent sometimes has something. Like, maybe not a very strong hand, but sometimes has something. Uh, our opponent chose not to bluff on a board that was really good for our opponent. It seems strange now to check again. Are we checking to check raise? 
doesn't that feel too strong? Now, against this exact hand, it turns out it's, it's a great idea. But, it, but in, against the range, it feels like a check raise is just going to garner a lot of folds mostly, right? Like we have, well, don't we want to bet, be able to bet twice here? I think we want to bet twice. We can get almost all in here if we just bet twice and it doesn't look as strong. Again, we're repping the queen, yeah. but that's okay. We don't have to have the queen just because we're repping it. We're Adrian Mateos, man. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe Paulie does have a bluffy reputation because that would explain this check. Yeah. It would explain the combination of checks by Mateos, especially. So I mean, it seems like it has to I be. I suppose right? that's, that's what's going on. Has to be. Anyway, Mateos does check, and of course he's going to get value on the turn because his opponent flopped top pair with the second best kicker, except no, he doesn't because Paulie checks back. What the hell's going on? If you, if this you're one, Pauly, actually, I think, yeah, I get this one a little bit more, actually. Well, in the context of Paulie having a bluffy reputation, I don't get it. Okay, fair enough. Assuming, assuming that what we've derived from Mateos' checks is correct, we don't know that for sure. Yeah, but okay, but like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we have to pick, if we pick a cognitive path here, like either Paulie is bluffy or not, right? Now, obviously, there's a lot of gradation there, but he's a really bluffy, aggressive guy, or he isn't that bluffy or aggressive. Let's just say, if he isn't that bluffy or aggressive, then Mateo should be betting the turn. If he is that bluffy or aggressive, then he, then Paulie should be betting the turn. One of these two guys should be betting based on that, right? Based on those, like one or the I other. Guess. Like, it's one path or the other, man. Like, it's very surprising that they both check. Why does Polly well, check? Well, here's the other... This is the possibility for why Polly checks. We could be wrong about Mateus' flop range, and yeah. Polly may have seen that Mateus does have a reasonable amount of give-ups, even at these stack depths on this flop, mm-hmm. and that he expects that Mateus mostly just has check folds when he checks twice, and he just wants Mateus to have another shot to take a shot at it. Because Pauly can make sure a bet goes in on the river anyway. And as Mateos has played it this way, it's hard to imagine getting two streets called by a weaker hand that frequently. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Um, ultimately, like by checking, Mateos can bluff. He can call with his ace highs if he wants to on the mm-hmm. river. He can call with it. So he can improve with not ace. You know, that when it isn't an ace, he can improve in a way that get, makes him a second best hand where he has to call. We just, I think we're just really afraid when Mateos checks twice that like we just... We're, we're crushing him, we assume, all the time, pretty much. And, and it's going to be hard to get value when he checks again. Like, Turns out we're saving ourselves from yeah, utter destruction. Yeah, the end of the effing world. Now on Netflix. I think you said two. fuck already on this podcast. So it's weird, weird incongruent way to mother, go about language. Mother effer. My mother effing finger hurts. I like that. Feels good. Does your finger actually hurt? Do actually, it does. Yeah. Medical attention? I'm not sure. What happened? Uh, it's actually really... Okay, well, let's do this for a minute now. So yesterday, yeah. I was just about to work out, and I stepped on my carpet, as I do a lot. I was barefoot. And it felt like I stepped like, on something really sharp. And it's finally, I think, gone today. But like, it felt like I, was, I had a sharp thing in my foot. For like a, since yesterday until like very recently, it's possible it's even still there. But like I've looked, I've washed it. I don't think there's anything there. And then today I reached to do something, and and my fingertip felt like it got punctured by a similar sharp thing, even though I didn't touch anything with it. And I don't know what the hell's going on with my body, and I'm worried that it's coming from the inside. You know, the phone calls are coming from the inside of the house here, not the outside. So I'm waiting to see if I, I get better here. It's a little weird. 
I don't want to freak you out, but uh oh. So so in order to not freak you out, what uh, this is my advice to you, Jonathan. Oh God! After we're done with this podcast, do not go on Google and type in symptoms of slowly losing your grip of reality. Okay, that's, don't do that. That's fine because because that's definitely not what's happening to you. You're definitely not losing your mind. It Don't really worry. feels like I have a piece of glass in my finger right here. It honestly does. And it's been like, I've looked at, I like put a light on, I put it like, I've looked at it really closely. I've tried to like dig stuff out. I've washed it. It still feels like there's something really sharp in there that I punctured it with, but I didn't. It's really weird. Never had this happen before. I might be dying. <laughs> you know, it's fine. I just hope this doesn't happen. You're going to be, parts gonna be found body. by the EMTs in three days, like, clawing at the door with bloody stumps just like having no idea where you are it's it's the beginning of the end man mm. well all right well it's been a fun run at least i've yeah. enjoyed i've enjoyed had it. a good run yeah i wish i could have been around for watching you know crypto really really go crazy <laughs> at least you saw game of thrones end horribly oh, at least you God. got to see that I, yeah i got to see the end of breaking bad that was cool i got to see like what yeah. they ended up doing with star wars which you know ended up being disappointing but at least i got to see it that's fine same with game of thrones yeah. Hey, I want to find out just real quick. Um, just put it out there. Let's see if there's any Game of Thrones apologists in the audience. Go ahead and tweet at us. Tell oh. us why season eight is good. Tell us why it's good. Oh, I, I dare you. Also, by the way, now we're talking about this. So do you know? So in Game of Thrones last season, they gave Game of Thrones all the Emmys, including best series. It's like the Lord of the Rings thing where they gave like all of the Emmys to, or not the Emmys, the Oscars to Lord of the Rings, I mean, the third one. Yes, but no, right? Like a lot of people thought the third Lord of the Rings was really good. I didn't love it, yeah. but I don't really like that series. But a lot, of, no one thought the season eight of Game of Thrones was really good. Everyone knew it was a piece of trash and they, they gave Hold all on. the best we don't, stuff. We haven't, heard, we haven't heard the audience chime in yet. Maybe there's one person in the audience yeah. who's like, actually Game of Thrones season eight is the best season. Impossible. I don't think that person exists. I think if they claim they exist, they're trolling. Them and they always troll his brand because he has the most interesting story. Yeah, that makes so much sense. According to something. Freaking insult me more with you assholes. I'm so upset. <laughs> they ruined that. <laughs> they ruined it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This is, you know, the reason why I was aware of this Game of Thrones thing is so like the comedy Shit's Creek, which just finished mm-hmm. their sixth season and they're done. And I don't think they had ever won any Emmys before. But everyone's like, oh, they need to be nominated for everything. And it won every comedy Emmy. Like, all four actors won, which is basically impossible. I've seen a lot of the show. It's, like, pretty good. But, like, give me a break. Uh, The show won for best comedy. I I don't even know if it's ever been nominated before. I mean, it's, like, a complete joke. The Emmys are just useless trash. They're like Luke Reeves, who's a trash (laughs) poker player. (laughs) <laughs> no, Luke, right, I'm kidding. Please don't hurt me. I'm kidding, Luke. I it's mean, just all a of joke. the awards are obviously useless trash. Like any any art form is going to be subjective when you look at it, and certainly there's collective feelings about these art forms, like movies and TV. But like, it's all just like playing a political game, right? That's all what that it's, shit is. It's not all, but every so often it is. And that's the thing that makes it, it's just like they just ruin their own brand. I don't know why they do it. It's really stupid. And it makes me respect them less. And obviously they care about my respect. So it's, it's a huge mistake by them. Everybody wants Jonathan Lovey's respect, especially the demons that live inside of your walls. The fucking little piece of glass that is in my finger that doesn't really exist is begging for some... Attention, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah, let's, let's move go back along. to the head. Sure. All right. So somehow both players have checked on both the flop and the turn. Yeah. We've got 
Mateos with queen six, his opponent, Pauly, with king queen, the six seven deuce two heart flop, the queen of diamonds on the turn. So a good top pair against Mateos is two pair. The river is the jack of diamonds, almost never changes anything. Yeah. So as Mateos, just a desperation bet, hope the guy has a jack type of thing. Yeah, or maybe has like a deuce and it's been checking the whole time to induce, but like, or, or ace high or something like a bad ace high. And he's just like checking back, checking back, checking back. And like, he's going to call one bet, but he's going to check if we check kind of a thing. I don't know if he's going to bet yeah, a deuce not, or not. So that's not what Mateos does. No, of he course checks. not. Checks again. He checks a third time. He's like that's, Johnny Chan is, against Eric Seidel, this is, man. This is exactly Johnny Chan against Eric Seidel, except he doesn't have the nuts, but still it's effectively the nuts. That's what it feels like. It does so, feel like the nuts. So this must be based on Polly's bluffy reputation, right? That's got to be what's going on. I mean, yes, yes. Why didn't Polly bet the turn if Polly knows he? Polly knows he has a bluffy reputation if he has it. Why wouldn't he bet the turn when he turns a queen? I don't understand. But anyway, yes, because he's mixing it up because well, he's balancing. I guess I don't know. If it's not that, I have another theory. Oh, good. And that is like Mateus's best hope based on how the hand is played out even though it's better than this best hope in, in actuality. But my best hope would be that Pauly river to Jack. Yeah. And Mateos's story is so bunk. If he check shoves that he feels like it's worth the potential to lose uh, a little bit of extra equity against some hands. If Pauly's going to call off with a Jack. If we know Pauly's got some hero calls in him, it's an interesting idea for sure to try and like get called by a Jack's like hope he hit the Jack and see, or, or we'll also sometimes, you know, maybe you induce the bluff this third time, of course, a little bit of the time too. Yeah. Right. Um, but the combination of that is, you know, now that we say it, the combination that probably is worth more than yeah. a bet, although a bet can't be bad here <laughs> for sure. It can't be bad, but yeah. And honestly, looking at the hands it's possible. If we, as Mateo's bet, Paulie might race. He might, it's but he, we, it's hard to put him on king queen, especially when we block a queen and we've both played the hand this way. Yeah. But put yourself in Polly's shoes for a second. I'm actually kind of liking this check shove idea. And imagine okay. you had jack 10 and okay. you're just like, I'm never getting him to fold. So I give up, whatever. And you hit the jack on the river. Mateos checks again. You're going to bet, right? 100%. He's going to shove. And then Mateo, sh- and Mateo shoves on you. You're like, what the hell do you even have? Like, yeah. you're going to consider calling. Oh, hardcore. I'm going to consider calling. Hardcore. I'm going to be like, your story is ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. You're never doing this with Ace Jack. In a million years, you're not check shoving with Ace Jack. You're check calling with Ace Jack or betting it yourself. Like, give me a break. Um, the question is, he would usually do this with a blocker of some sort. There, like, there aren't, like, the nuts is like queens, is a set of queens here. Yeah. So it's weird. There's no blocker to be had, really, you know? It's odd. Yeah. It's just, maybe, maybe he's doing it with like a really. Nope. Nope. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it's really hard to come up with, with reasons to bluff. You know, if you have anything at all, I guess if you don't have anything, you just be like, I see him motherfucker. You got to fold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would strongly consider calling with the Jack here. I I think I would probably call with the Jack here when I'm this short against this line and it being Mateo, it being Mateos, especially. Yeah. I think I have to call. So you, so do you overall like Mateos's river idea of checking with the intention of check raising? assuming that Polly is bluffy and will take some shots here, not just check it back all the time when he doesn't have it, then yeah, I like it. I mean, what hands does he not have where he doesn't have it? Is it that a problem with 10, nine, uh, 10, eight. It's just hard to imagine him never taking a shot with a gut shot. 
And two overs. Yeah. I agree. It's hard to come up with stuff. Which I guess is to your point, maybe, right? Like, yeah. if he had an ace high, he's probably... Well, I guess ace high might check back. Ace high is the one thing that might check back. But also, we're going to see a shove from that pre-flop a lot of the time. And so a- we remove a lot of those combos. Ace high might not call a bet on the river anyway when it comes jack on the river. It may just fall. I mean, yeah, this is a terrible run out for ace five or whatever yeah. ace high he might have. It really is. So you know what? When, you say, when we say all that, actually... Polly almost always has something, right? Yeah. Now, could he have a, a deuce? Of, I think a lot of his something is actually. I think a lot of his something is actually a jack as really? played. If he has, yeah. If he's not taking shots on the flop too often, which we see that he doesn't always. At least mm-hmm. we, he didn't with king queen. Like jack high type hands are the only type of hands that I can think of that yeah. wouldn't shove pre-flop that frequently. That also didn't flop any equity where it feels like okay, I have eight ten or I have nine ten like. I have a, a straight draw of some type. I'm more, much more likely to bet with that than with Jack-9 or Jack-10, where I just have completely nothing. I mean, it'd have to be a hand like 10-4 suited or 10-5 suited or something like that. A nine, yeah. 9-4 nine suited, which I don't even know if he's going to call preflop, honestly, because he's so short. Um, right, But right. even if he does, he's probably, like, a check plays better against those hands anyway, right? Because we want him to bluff those hands anyway, right? So... It's possible that Polly has like a ton of jacks as played just because of the types of hands he might be checking back. Hmm. I guess so. I, I guess he could he could have some weird king highs also that just check that that never put it yeah. any any chips in, right? He can have king nine and stuff. Yeah, which, yeah, he could have those hands. That's that's the other thing. King nine, king eight, king five, king four, king three. Yeah. But we block oh no, we don't block that actually. Yeah, that that's that's the that's the kind of hand which we probably would struggle to get value from no matter what we did. So who cares? Like if we bet, it's probably right. not calling. If we check, maybe it's going to check back, whatever. It's all the same. So we so don't I think worry about this, that either. I think um, the river should be designed to maximize value against a jack because that's like our, our best possible outcome. It mm-hmm. feels like our opponent having a jack. So like what's the, what's the most plus EV way to play against a jack? Yeah, I think you're probably right. And it feels like the answer is, probably to check shove because a jack has to consider calling. Another option is if we think he's going to fold to the check shove with a jack too frequently, we could, we could bet like 900 K into seven, into the seven forty seven. Like how is he going to fold a jack when we bet 900 K after checking twice? Yeah, that's fair. I think there's just, yeah, I, even if Paulie has a hand like a uh, nine, six here, so he flops second pair, he decides to check back the flop. Because he doesn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to bluff catch against Mateos and stuff like that. A queen comes on the turn. He's like, eh, now I'm overrepping my hand. If I bet, I'm just going to check again. Jack comes on the river. Mateos checks again. He's like, all right, let's try and get some value out of ace high at least, or like pocket fours or something. Let's try. Probably not going to call the shove with a six. No, nope. not as frequently as with a jack. No, he won't. But but I'm saying like we don't lose value against a six if we whether we bet or whether we check, which is nice. Like yeah. checking checking doesn't yeah. hurt us against a six. So and that that's a hand he can have too. So. I think I we think assume. you're right. We assume. Maybe he'd check back a six. Maybe he's worried about the jack a little bit. Not sure. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's almost always good, though, a six. Yeah. Either way, Mateos decides to check. So clearly his plan is to check raise. It would yeah. be just absurd to not raise at this point if, if he gets the bet. And, of course, he's going to get the bet because his opponent is sitting there with a good top pair. Yeah. How much do you want to bet as Polly? 747 in the pot. 
Well, we're trying to get called by a bad Jack or Ace High, right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, I think Ace High is the most likely yeah. hand that Mateos would have. Because Mateos could reasonably bet a Jack anyway on his own, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. If you bet too small, it's going to look like you're begging for a call. Uh, how much is in the pot? 747. Right. Maybe just half the pot, like 380K, something like that. Just a nice normal, like, I could be bluffing. I might not be. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows one of those bets. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's fine. I kind of like the the sizing that Paulie ended up with, which is uh, 560K. It's kind of bigger. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to get called with a similar enough frequency to half pot that it's probably slightly more uh, expected value mm. to bet a little bit bigger. And I'm thinking about getting called by ace highs mostly. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I'd be concerned that this, that sizing may scare off the ace highs a little bit more. But but I guess it's okay if it scares them off a little bit more, right? It has to scare them off a lot more yeah. because we're getting 200K right. more. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I think it's close and I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not a thing that we need to discuss too much further. Yeah. Mateos, of course, shoves. Yeah. And Polly snap calls. Yeah. And that's the end of Polly. Yeah. This seems like probably the right decision from Polly against this line from Mateos, which kind of makes Mateos's line look awesome with this hand, right? Cause it's like, <laughs> yeah, I can agree with what Polly, Polly did here, but let's, let's explore. Cause that's what we do. It's our job. Should Polly have snap called, even though he probably had that plan once he bet? He's like, I can't fold. I'm going to snap call. And admittedly, against a great player like Mateos, with a hand like this that's underwrapped, you probably should have that plan and not let yourself second guess it. But should he have second guessed it? Should he have given himself some time and thought about this? I mean, he could have given himself some time and pretended to think about it, but I can't really imagine, my guess is the reason why he snap calls, really ever coming to a conclusion that isn't, of course, I call. So yeah, there's some, there's some spots that are just a little too clear to not just call right away. This is, I think he's hoping that somehow, like it's a dream that Mateo's check shoves, right? It's like, yeah, baby, this is like, maybe, maybe Mateo's is getting super thin and we can even beat some value here. Like, it's not crazy that we could beat some value even, right? Like a queen, queen 10 type hand, queen 10, maybe ace jack, probably not ace jack, probably, but maybe queen 10. And uh, do we think that maybe, like, I could see Mateos having an ace high and being like, you know what? Right. It's not good enough. I got I to gotta do a just-in-case bluff to f- try to fold out a jack if I can. Sure. Type of thing. Sure. Or even just some other crappy hand. Like, maybe he had a, a big draw. Maybe he had, like, two hearts and was check, playing check-raising on each street and never got the chance to. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to try again. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm afraid you're calling because you keep checking, Polly. But if I check-raise all in, now most of your hands have to fold. You know, yeah, I mean, Polly's line looks Polly's line looks pretty weak, and it looks like a type of line that you could fold out with a check shove on the river a yeah, lot of the time. Absolutely. So yeah, like we induce all this, this does as point Polly. to right. So all this does point to like yeah, you do you do have to call as Polly. Snap calling is probably fine. It's not a bad idea to give yourself more time unless you might talk yourself out of the right decision. But it seems like the right decision to call. Yeah, even when, though it sucks and he lo- he loses, he's out. Of course he is. Yeah. When it's this clear, I think it's just a pretty clear call and it's fine. I think it's fine to call right away because like I definitely will oftentimes like have a clear plan in poker and someone does a thing and I'm like, boom, like instant decision or like I've already made the decision. I just act, you know, the decisions I'm like hoping they're going to do the thing they're doing or I know what I know what my response is to what the thing they're going to do. I've already figured it out. So 
if anything's changed, cool. But like in this case, they're too short for anything to have really changed. You know, he's like, I'm betting and never folding. I'm sure is what he thought as he bet some version of that. He got the raise. He's like, yeah, never folding. Oh, I'm beat. That's unlucky. But I, we should have gotten it in anyway. Like I'm supposed to bet the turn and I lose, you know, or he bets the flop and I call and then we get it. We're always getting it in, you know. The only way I win is if I shove pre-flop, which I, of course I could have done and would have worked out great. Yeah. Probably win the tournament if I just shoved pre-flop. <laughs> well, the winner of this hand did win the tournament, right? Mateos goes on to win against yeah. Fedor, I think, heads up. Oh, yeah. So there I you think. go. It's, so Polly would have won. Those two, guys, those two guys ended up heads up. I don't remember who won. One of them won. Fedor had a $2 million weekend, so it possi- it's possible he won. I think he won. I don't know. He won that, I know he won a bracelet, and I think he, I think he won this. Too. I don't know. I know he had a $2 million weekend. Oh, okay. Fader's well, still, good for Fader. He, he needed the money, of course. Still got it, you know? Yeah. He's like Chrissy Teigen. Despite having, despite having, air quotes, retired. I'm so tired of all these poker players retiring and then not actually being retired. It's all bullshit. Um, yeah, you know, it's the kind of game that's really easy to come back to, to whatever degree you want. It's not like, you know, being a, a you know architect where it takes like you know a year to design a house so you know it's like you could just play a tournament so yeah you know i think he retired from full-time playing which he probably did do now he plays some i think it's a i think it's semantics then like i, I think retired is the wrong word sure. like he scaled back he's like yeah i'm not gonna play as much as i used to right. but i'm still gonna play but what if he plays like you know i don't know how much he plays but what if he plays you know 20 tournaments a year and some of them were online. I mean, as you count that as like, he would say he scaled back and didn't retire. If he was like on the circuit traveling and playing online constantly before, like I'd say that, that I don't think that's, that doesn't count as retirement. You're still playing poker. Oh, you're crazy. Like Shaq retired, but that doesn't mean he can't shoot hoops in the backyard against somebody. You know, it's different because he's playing the same type of events. He's not like, yeah. it's not like Shaq retired. And then like every year comes back to play one regular season game for the Pelicans or something. That is true. But Magic Johnson retired and did come back and play in the all-star game after he was retired and was the MVP of the game, by the way, he was still retired. But, but your point is, your point is, tr- is correct. I have to admit, I used to bad, that was a bad analogy for me. Like I got crushed on that metaphor. Oh, Absolutely poor crushed. guy. Well, that's okay. It'll probably be the last time is your disease takes hold with, <laughs> What if the spiky? What if the next time we we do a podcast, you're like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "I have it's like glass everywhere, all over me. It's like shooting out of my skin. I'm in so much pain." But let's do the show. I can't wait to talk about the hand. You know, like I feel like there's a there's not a big chance, but a small chance that's going to be the case, and I'm going to be it's going to be too bad. I'll be laughing all the way to the bank, man. (laughs) Yeah, suddenly you'll be the poker guy, and that's pretty sweet for you. Like so much more money, get all the money instead of half. That's incredible. King of the Hill, man. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and gonna be traveling the globe.